Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, and welcome back to another episode of For the Water Cooler, the podcast where you get to talk with your favorite co-workers, co-workers, that's a normal way to say that, about what you watched last night. I am Matt Scalisi, and I'm joined as always by my remote co-worker and buddy, Caroline Darney. Caroline, I first of all, we're going to get into it later in the show, but I just wanted to upfront apologize to you for making you watch something <laughs> scary. I know you don't like to do it, and I appreciate you being a true this week. I'm a team player. I'm a co-worker, yeah. however you said a it. A co-worker. That's <laughs> said with Italian fingers. Yeah, I don't know where that came from either. Uh, you're welcome. I actually, uh, while uncomfortable watching this movie, um, I actually enjoyed it, I think. I think. I think. We'll talk about it. You are. You are. Listen, you're thinking about it it's a thinker of a movie it is a thinker we're gonna talk we're gonna talk about it later with our our fellow co-worker um (laughs) michael sykes who who will be joining us to discuss the movie um but before we get into no later in the show uh we've got a lot going on with the 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 streaming shows are are starting to roll out again it feels like Mm -hmm. Hollywood is maybe the gears are starting to turn again. The SAG strike is still not over. Hopefully will be resolved Hopefully very soon. soon. Yeah. But a lot of previous projects are, are moving again. And the one that we've been most excited about, I think for this year, for a while now, Buddy. finally premiered last week, which is Loki. So, um, so what did you think about the, the season two premiere of Loki, Caroline? Um, I had incredibly high hopes and I was very nervous just because of discourse and all of the things around some of the shows not being as, you know, what we wanted or as good or as we expected or flat out bad in some cases. Uh, I loved it. I'm obsessed. I thought it was so smart. There's, there can be discussions around maybe some of the pacing of the first episode because there's i've seen some discussion around like the, the fact that they and folks there will be spoilers so if you haven't watched loki yet just pause watch the first skip episode. skip ahead a few minutes yeah or yeah <laughs> whatever you want to do for your own safety of spoilers but we will talk about actual things that happen in the episode um there's you know like they tried to the way that they ended season one they had sylvie had just killed he who remains um which I rewatched the first season again. Shocker, Matt. You'll be You're a big so, totally yeah. surprised that I rewatched the first season before starting episode two, uh, season two. Uh, one of the underrated moments is he who remains winking at her at this moment and going mm-hmm. like, I'll see you again, like see you again soon or like whatever the phrasing was. Um, and so Loki goes back to the TVA. He's kicked through the, the time door and we find out that Mobius, um, doesn't know who he is. So we don't know where Loki is either in space or time. And so they do resolve all of that um, in the first episode, in the first 45 minute episode or whatever. Um, I loved it because they were kind of like, here's where we are. Here's what we have to deal with. And now we're getting on to the rest of it, like from for, for season two. So 
you had an interesting way you described it. How did you well? I it? I agree with your with your description of how the, of what this episode is, which is that it is it is sort of a transition between the story of season one and whatever we're about to do now in season two. So I kind of came away from the episode, even though I know I usually come on here and advocate very heavily for doing one episode a week of a show and not doing a full <laughs> season binge. I was immediately like, well, I kind of, I'm, I'm ready for new season. I'm ready for a new story with these characters. And they kind of made, can't just be brand new, man. They no, have to I look, tie it into the, <laughs> I do get, I do get that you have to transition into that. And I, I think what they did do, right. Uh, what, the stuff I was excited about in this episode, other than the, the for us, for a show, that's not a brand new show. Yeah, I want some of the stuff I liked about the first season to come back, and yeah. they do all of the design element stuff. Gorgeous! And it's the so mu- cool. This the is music, such a, the music is so good. This is such a show that you like want to spend time in. Mm-hmm. I, I said that a lot about Better Call Saul when we were talking about it recently. Like, I don't even care what happens. It's like just just let me keep being in this show. Yes, and Loki is one of those because it's this weird analog technology right so it's not that i i've seen some people who criticize the show talk about techno babble uh was was the phrase used but that's like i think you're totally missing the point i think if you are trying to listen to the words these people are saying and think that they're supposed to make sense then you're doing it wrong this is uh meant to be you're in a world that doesn't make any sense at all and the, we're told that these people are super advanced and yet they're using like wind up alarm clocks and two like rubber tubes that attach those, to yeah, those old timey phones with the like yep. aggressive ringers, like rotary phones and stuff. Yeah, I mean, there you I, go. Those are absolutely love it. Like the, the, yeah. the sort of weird clunky, uh, in the colors, it's it. got the orange and the tan and the. Like, it looks like you are in a tax accountant's office that hasn't updated it since yeah. the eighties. Well, and it's there's so much that I absolutely loved from the first episode, which mo- I don't want to say most. Well, one of the things that you mentioned, like that you want to see brought back, and this is where I think um, Mando struggled in season three is what people really love, even if it got formulaic. People want to see Mando. And Baby Grogu do stuff. They want to see them interact. Yeah. They want Baby Grogu to make noises and get walking droids and all that do stuff. The, do the thing that made us love the show every yes. episode. And yes. whatever else you do, great. But great. make sure you keep doing you the stuff that, that made us love it. Yeah, you have to keep that. And so what I absolutely... I would watch hours of Mobius and Loki talking. Yeah, I don't even care what you're talking about. Hours. <laughs> I would watch hours. When, even in the, the first season it might have even been like it's like the second or third episode i think where he's trying to explain how sylvie they don't know what sylvia is hiding in these apocalyptic moments and he's they're like sitting at a table like having lunch and he's like just talk they're just talking they're sitting in a cafeteria talking and it is like mesmerizing i love it i cannot get enough and when they cast owen wilson i was like what are they doing Mm -hmm. (laughs) like i just i don't i don't think i got it but he is perfect yeah. in this role his, I'll tell you his what's dry so humor and the, the the even just in this case the tone of his voice when he's talking about losing his skin it's one of the funniest things i've ever seen in marvel like i was like writing skin with a question mark on the side of that console and dust. <laughs> no notes so I, funny i'll tell you what i love so much about the dynamic between 
Owen Wilson and uh, and Tom, Tom Hiddleston, Hiddleston yeah. in this in this show, which is it, Tom Hiddleston should. I mean, he literally plays Loki. He plays the Norse god of chaos. Yeah, and yet in this show that we're watching, he's the one who's on his heels the whole time, and he's he doesn't understand what's happening. And what's happening is that this guy, this very like calm, gentle voice guy is explaining stuff to him that makes no sense. No matter how much he explains it to him, he's like, it's, it's just like, well, you know, I mean, time doesn't really exist here and there's not really such a thing as a past and a future. It's like, what the hell are you talking about, man? Well, I, I, I just really love that dynamic of a guy who, who is normally so used to being ahead of everybody else. Yes. And plotting and scheming and yeah. And he's so lost and a very nice man is trying to explain it all to him. Just a guy who wants to get through. Yeah. It's not getting through at all. He just wants to ride a jet ski. And I, I joke about the skin question mark thing, but one of the things that I thought was so brilliantly done in the first episode of the second season were the little hints that let you know where Loki was in time. Cause he's going through this time slipping mm-hmm. again, hilarious moment where they're in the elevator after Mobius has told him it doesn't look that bad. <laughs> like any time slips and he's like, God, you got to stop doing it. He's like, I thought it wasn't that bad. He's like, it looks like oh, it's you're, so bad. Yeah. It's so bad. And then there turns out there's another person in the elevator with them. That moment was so <laughs> great, but there you don't know where Loki is going. And so there's little hints throughout like the way that the screen falls and cracks the floor of the TVA that that happened in the past. Cause when he comes to the present, mm-hmm. it's on the floor and then he, they're trying to figure out the whole pulling him from the weave of time or whatever. And he ends up in the same room and the skin question mark word is written on the monitor. So he now knows he's in the future. So he's kind of right. like figuring out where he like, and it's an easy way of giving you those little details and showing you where he is. But the real star of the episode and, or like, cornerstone piece for me was the conversation where we meet OB where we it, it's uh Oris Boros which is again a great name since it's a circular time where but there's a moment where he's remembering he's saying like no I don't think I have one of those and because Loki <laughs> time slipped to the exact same spot in the past he's telling him all of the information for the first time in the past and then because of that a half second later in the present with OB talking to Mobius, he's remembering the conversation that he's literally just having in the past. And that's the stuff that I'm like, love it. Absolutely loved it. You either, you either love that stuff or you're never going to like this show, which I know some people who hate the, the time travel stuff and, and, but but I, I I mean, what it reminded, what it reminded me of was uh, the scene in Bill and Ted where he's like, we gotta remember to we gotta remember to go back and leave this thing for ourselves here. And they like touch their foreheads and think really hard to remember, and then it's there because they know that they are going to eventually go back in time and put it there. <laughs> like just really like having childish fun with the concepts of of time travel and playing around with time. Yeah. I think is so fun because look, as a storytelling device, it's this weird thing, right? Time travel stories because it you talk to any like scientist or watch videos on TikTok where scientists are talking about this and they're like, it's not possible 
Uh, it doesn't make any sense. But like to our weird little dumb human brains, <laughs> it actually does make sense for some reason. Yeah. Because of how our brains like think about timelines and, and uh, well, it's think, like think about characters and stuff. Yeah. For yeah. Some like, reason, if you think about that for too long... <laughs> Yeah, but it but will for, break your brain. For some reason, our our brains love this stuff, and it mm -hmm. makes sense to us watching a show, even though, even though like scientists tell you, it literally doesn't make sense. Well, and and, it's well, it's like um, in Infinite or Avengers Endgame, where like yeah. they're talking about all the like time travel movies where the rules are you can't talk to yourself, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, Back like, to the Future rules. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know it's like that hot tub time machine like <laughs> so, so i mean i i love that and i also i also think taking taking an, a, a sci-fi idea like that and do even though this is a big budget show but doing it with this like sort of grungy mm. uh very like tactile look to it is something that's been done a few times and i always like it and and yeah. i don't think it's a coincidence that they cast Kiwi Kwan as Obi so in this show perfect. because so much I wouldn't have occurred to me after thinking about season one, but there, there really is a lot of shared territory between Loki and everything everywhere all at once where again, it's like, it's, it's a big sci-fi idea, but everything that you act very mundane, ordinary objects and sets and stuff and and the combination of those two, of those two things yeah i really really am into and i and i love i love that they get that that's what this show should be and should yes. look like and they set you up with um like questions for the next episode like questions that we want to know what so everyone's going to go after sylvie there's branches everywhere they've had a you know realization at the tva that by pruning branches they're just murdering people mm -hmm. um but how do you prevent potential i saw someone say it's one of the first times that they really nailed how terrifying kang is like that it's it's throughout that it's permeating like loki has the proper amount of fear of what's to come if kang returns etc cetera, etc cetera. so again we talked about this before where it's like this feels like we, they have to start connecting things um in the sense of that's really what they started doing and phase two of the infinity war saga is like phase one felt like that you didn't know that there was this through line of infinity stones when you get to phase two now you're starting to see these things are mentioned again and again you get the guardians of the galaxy like breakdown of the stones shockingly movies like thor 2 has like a huge amount of information about infinity stones in right. it, which is wild same with age of ultron two relatively low on most people's although age of ultron i think does i love it i love age of ultron gets better with time i'm still not in on spader is like the most boring villain in the history of the world but we can get into that another day um but it gives us questions about where they're going for the rest of the season so it's kind of like who was calling on the phone in the future how yeah. did sylvie get there and who pruned loki did loki prune loki knowing that loki had to go back and get pulled from the thing to you know what i mean like so i've got questions that i know are gonna get or i shouldn't say i know that i hope are gonna get answered yeah and it, it was such a i've already watched it twice i will probably watch it a couple more times first episode two came out loki was one of my favorite if not my favorite it's up there with wandavision um of my favorite series that Marvel has done. It just looks, it, 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 I mean, again, I don't want to get into disparaging other stuff, 
but like even just watching this one episode the mm. the amount of the amount of care and quality of the production is so much better than almost anything Marvel has made for Disney Plus since the first season of Loki and I I don't know if that's literally true in terms of the amount of money that went into it but it sure looks like it on screen and I think it makes a difference that <laughs> I think I think it makes a big difference when you hire people who also work on the movie side which Michael Waldron has I know you you've got issues with him on some cases Caroline but like this is a Do guy who issues with Waldron yeah, he worked on uh, on Multiverse, Multiverse of Madness, Madness. No, but he's Michael no, but Michael Waldron <laughs> Michael Waldron is a guy who works on the movie side, and yeah, and I I do think not. I'm mean, again, it's great that people are getting opportunities. I think that if if Disney wants all of the Marvel stuff to feel special, it should all look like it is the same quality. It should all look like a big deal. It should look like a movie, and if you can't make it look like a movie. Don't make it. That's this my opinion also, on this stuff. This is where, man, I feel like I harp on this all the time, but I, this score, the Loki score, Natalie Holt, the work that she does on yeah, the, it's really good. the show, is it's another character. And that's the thing that, like... It also gives it a cinematic I, feel, yeah, too. I could yeah. not tell you a single, like, theme, or even if they used any of the Avengers themes or anything, in Secret Invasion. So that's what I'm saying. Like, mm-hmm. there are so many things that... I think I'm in the camp. This has gone way off topic where we started, but I think I'm in the camp that, of the, they need to slow it down. They need to, as much as I want to consume as much stuff as possible, they need to slow it down and they need well, to figure it out and they need to get past for sure. Yeah. There's, and they need to get past the, the COVID stretch that I think had a bigger impact on some of the way that these were, well, whether it's storyline, like, cause I think the first trip up was Falcon and the winter soldier, which is still one that I, enjoyed on some level like it i thought this the plot was the weakest point which is again you're kind of like well that's kind of important but when they originally had it be a virus release they can't do that in the middle of covid like they have to change that so they changed it up to this flag smashers thing that didn't really have the same it just didn't have the same the care that you'd speak of you know so while i thought the characters were great and i just love bucky's the best um it just didn't hit the same and so that's where i'm like there's i hate now the pressure that's on everything that comes out though because there's stuff that is going to i think the marvels is going to be good and if it's not perfect though it's going to get stepped all over it's you know a, it's I mean? a, it's a fascinating moment that we are heading towards for yeah. Marvel because they really really need that movie to do well and i don't a hundred percent know that it's going to but i i i as I often say when I'm doing uh, college football predictions for our <laughs> for for the win, neither outcome would surprise me. Yeah. So it, it's it's just hard to know what people like right now and what people want. And I mean, I think I think we got some indications this summer yeah. that might be good signs for the Marvels, but I don't know. I don't know how people yeah. feel. Pe- people want something that feels authentic and on and good on purpose that the reason it exists is because the people making it think it's good and they don't what they don't want blatant 
commercial money. films yeah. that are that are made to take take your money and sell you merchandise. Yeah. And so I mean, look, I feel good about the Marvels. I think that I think that it has a real filmmaker working on it, which makes a big difference to me. Yeah. Um, and I like the characters a lot. The question yeah. is, are people going to see this is a movie that is a sequel to a real movie, but also a sequel to two Disney plus shows. And how do I feel about that? Yeah. Um, I really don't know. I don't know how people are going to react to it. So, Same. um, other, other streaming stuff outside of Disney, Caroline, yes. there, there is a, there's a new Apple plus show that you're very excited about. New. I don't think this is new. Apparently it's been out for a couple months and okay. I missed the boat. But if people aren't listening are like me and they also missed the boat, or I should say plane. Oh, in this situation, uh, hijack Apple TV, Apple plus, whatever Apple TV plus, whatever order of those words mm-hmm. is correct. Um, I'm not going to say I watched it all in a day, but I'm not, not going to say that. I believe I you. I, I believe did. you. Um, and I have to say, like, I'm I'm excited to hear this because your last Apple TV, I've, I've been a little standoffish about Apple TV, <laughs> but your last recommendation to me on there was Blackbird, which I yeah. went and watched and absolutely loved. So yeah. I'm excited that there's a new thing here that you're excited about. So first of all, I am in the camp that like Idris Elba can do no wrong. So that helps. Like having him as your lead helps. But essentially, uh, as the title would imply, um, a plane is hijacked and he's on it. Sure. It's going from Dubai to London. Um, and it is seven episodes. And so it's, it would normally, if they had made it a movie, it would not have been enough. Um, and they were able to. Are they one hour episodes? Or are they yeah, 30? like 40, 45, 50, somewhere in there, okay. I think. Um, and it is just the tension is so high. And it's something about, I mean, already, plane movies i think or plane sh- situated things right have a little bit higher tension <laughs> anywhere you're in an enclosed space at elevation I, i'm recalling the movie plane from yeah. earlier this year <laughs> which i also <laughs> just watched um or even i'll say too like if you're in like a like hiking movies like a like a everest or a k2 like those elevated situations like we're yeah you're in spot, you're we're already if you're something in a, goes wrong, it goes yeah, really wrong. You're in a place where you it would be the absolute worst time for something <laughs> bad to happen. Yes, submarines also in there. <laughs> um, and so there's just so many layers of twists and turns. The cast is outstanding. Um, and it's it's just I loved it. I was absolutely edge of my seat, could not wait to start the next episode, was bummed out when it was over. Um, I thought it had a good resolution. There's there's one thing, and I won't spoil it because I want people to go like watch this whole thing without any spoilers. I know we just said this is a spoiler, but we talk about things, but not in this case. Um, and there's maybe one thing at the end where I was like, that seems um, I don't know if they'd be able to get away with that, but um, but it just so many twists and turns that I absolutely absolutely loved it. Uh, Idris Elba should be in everything. You know, Idris Elba is a really interesting guy because I, I he has so obviously got every movie star quality that you want, but he's for whatever reason he's I feel like he's found his way into a lot of projects that I don't think are worthy of him. Yeah, and and didn't didn't come one? through. 
<laughs> was he was in one that was basically Idris Elba fights a lion. Yeah, I didn't even make it to um, the, like lion fighting part. I was like, I gotta. This is not. I, I'm looking. I'm looking at his Wikipedia page, by the way, and it has a discography on here, which I, I'm. I guess I was vaguely aware that he has made music, but I didn't what? realize he's made as much as he's made. Um, yeah, the 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 lion movie was called Beast. Yes, uh, there we go. But but also like you there, I feel like there should have been a moment before now where he got a franchise that belonged to him and it was a huge hit. And I I I could see why you you go and look at stuff like um, the did dark you watch, the did dark you watch tower. Luther? Did I, did Lufa. I, Lufa. I have Lufa. not seen Luther. I know people. I know people like Luther. It's a lot. excellent. Yeah, he does um, the serious, gritty, like detective so well. Like, yeah, sure. I mean, it's show. very not totally dissimilar to what he played on The Wire, which is just like a very yes. smart guy who yes. also you definitely don't want to get into a fight with. No, but like he's just how tall is you he? go? You go back and look at stuff that he's been in, where it's like, man. It's, I, this should have been a bigger hit than it was. Like Pacific Rim. Ah, uh, love it. It's oh surprising God, that that movie didn't turn into a big successful franchise. And then Idris Elba would have been right at the front of it. And Dark Tower obviously was meant to be a big, long running franchise. It just wasn't a good enough movie uh, and, and didn't turn into the thing that he thought it would be. So I, I keep waiting on it's wild. Idris to get like his big... Like to get his big moment where he is the lead of a big, popular, successful movie franchise. Yeah, because it's it's. I think remembering that he's Heimdall, like, yeah. takes me out of it every single. Not takes me out of it. Like but he's I'm been in like what it. three or four probably. Oh, easily. Movies at I this mean, point. he's been, like in the MCU? he was in all of the Thors. So there's yeah. four right there. It says he's in Avengers: Age of Ultron. I know he was in at least the beginning of Infinity War. So I think there's at least right? five. Um, but he's like, also to me, he's also in the Suicide speak. Squad. Yes, which, exactly. So, which, and he's voiced. Yeah. He's done voice work in Zootopia, The Jungle Book. Yeah. Um, in the Sonic movies, the Sonic movies, and then he's had this lead for twenty episodes of Luther. If you haven't watched Luther, I definitely recommend. I think there's hopefully there might be a season I haven't seen yet. Um, Fast and the Furious. Right. Well, I mean, so many people have been in Fast and the Furious. I just found out yesterday, thanks to a friend of mine who sent me a screenshot, that Glenn Powell was in Expendables 3. Now I got to go watch all the Expendables. (laughs) 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 Nothing will get me to watch something faster. My my fave dude. Um, But yeah, so he's just, and I agree with you. It's something maybe about his vibe. Like he doesn't seem to want to be the I don't know like I know I think I, here's, he's just having I'm a good blaming, time I'm blaming takes, Hollywood oh yeah I, absolutely I think this is an indictment on the studio system that they have not been able to figure out how to build how to a successful properly, franchise yeah. around freaking Idris Elba who oh, has yeah. every possible quality you would want in a big movie star he and I not to objectify, but he is so unbelievably handsome. Yeah, I mean he's he's a great looking guy. He's How can you not figure that out? Just and this I went in here to look up. I was going to look up how tall he was because he just is physically imposing. Like there's but but in also just everything like he's in a six really, two and a half six three and a, and a really great presence on screen in every even if he's if yes. he's playing a good guy or a bad guy, he's the kind of actor that you really like 
sitting with and seeing seeing whatever it is that he's doing. There was a movie that he did for um, Netflix uh, a couple of years ago, and I'm I'm struggling. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna I try to that, find the name before like, I figure it out. He did but, seven episodes of The Office. You know what I mean? Like, that's right. He did. Um, the movie was called Concrete Cowboy. That was it was it was on um, Netflix a couple of years ago. Great movie, like a weird little indie movie about guys who ride horses in the inner city Philadelphia. Like, yes, it's a he's so he can do all of it. Like he can do the small character dramas and he and he can obviously do superhero action stuff like he we should as big a name as he is. He should be bigger, I think. He did um, this movie, The Take. I think that was also Netflix, maybe. That was with um, Richard Madden. <laughs> like, I just, he just will take, again, I, I respect the hell out of it because I think he's just like, everyone knows that he's a superstar, right? right. Like he, and you're absolutely correct. There isn't one franchise that you can point to, but obviously Stringer Bell was an iconic character for a TV show that has, is, widely regarded if not unanimously regarded as one of the five best tv shows of all time sure top, top 10 if you're feeling like i don't know but i think he just takes what it, like stuff he wants to do and i that could be that. yeah yeah and he's like what you want me to like run the rainbow bridge for <laughs> why not like i get a cool sword awesome yeah like and he's just is like no that sounds cool oh cool netflix movie that sounds cool space eyes yeah yeah and he um, just he crushes it every if there's ever a movie that he's in that's bad it is never because of idris alba like that's the thing like it's never like you're like he just didn't bring it no it's i don't just, think anybody's ever been like oh this no. guy's half-assing it yeah. i've never heard anyone say anything bad about him ever yeah <laughs> like it's incredible like and so anyway hijack and this is where i think i've gone on this rant before but there's so many streaming things right now so many streaming services and where i think apple does have the um the step behind is they're not churning out things on the level of a netflix or a prime or whatever paramount i, I mean i I would say to to their benefit. I, I don't. Yes, I, and that's what I was going to say yeah. is that the stuff that you are getting though is almost all something that I've enjoyed. I have not watched everything yet, and there, it's not saying that every single episode of everything on yeah. there is the best that's ever made or whatever. I know. But, I know just enough about the what is it called? Is it the new? Not the newsroom. What's the show called? Oh, morning show. Morning and show. And I need to start that because they finally Ooh, got me the the latest preview. Of I'll just say. I know just enough about it to know that it's not for me, but I'm excited to hear you talk about it because I yeah. know I know about some stuff that happens. Well, they're bringing the John Hamm on, so now I gotta yeah. get in. <laughs> but <laughs> you know, we talked about Blackbird, and this is the other thing that Apple does have. It it's Apple. One, they have money, and so sure. therefore they've had shows or movies that have had Chris Evans. They've had, you know, the morning show alone, Jennifer Aniston and Reese Witherspoon. Yeah, I'm sure that thing's crazy um, expensive. Yeah, and that's in in. Idris Elba in this, um, you know, you've got. Uh, There's a movie coming out with Brie Blackbird. Larson. Brie Larson and, and this... Lewis Pullman um, is coming up for what is it? Lessons in Chemistry, like a little like right. fun rom com. Which I, I said before we started recording, I was like, look, if they want to make Lewis Pullman like the new Bill Pullman, like his dad, like handsome regular guy rom com, I'm in hundred percent. You could, I could not be more in for that. Um, you know they. Um, they won. They won a Best Picture two years ago. I mean, well, I mean, uh, Killers of the Flower Moon is it's getting a theatrical release, but that's an Apple studio. Yes, and so they uh, have the. What I guess what I'm trying to say, even their ads, 
what was the ad I just saw where they're like, get me in a, how do I get in an Apple show? <laughs> oh man. Oh, it was Chalamet, Timothy Chalamet. Right, right. And so they have the, they have the, the pedigree and the money and the, you know, to create these things that have incredible talent. And so when I say they're not, what goes against them in one way is if you're paying six ninety nine a month and you're like, I'm only getting two new things or whatever it is. Like you don't, you're not getting every Friday, 17 new movies sure. and three shows. Like and you probably don't, you probably don't check it as often to see what's right. new on there. And too, I've definitely so. gotten into that, but yeah. I will say folks, I could not recommend it is such a good use. Of, I don't Apple pay me for doing this. Um, I, I, I've been so happy with all the stuff that they've like put out and, for all mankind is another one that's super great. Obviously Ted Lasso was like one of the cornerstone ones that got people like they waited until they had the free trials and watched Ted Lasso. But, and I, we'll finish on this one because it's, it's, I can't say a lot, but you'll want it. Yeah. But come you got, January. You got to see something that's, that's I got a little bit of sneak peek of a little bit of something that's coming in January. So the, if you haven't seen um, band of brothers or the Pacific, both are currently on Netflix. Could not recommend more. Um, both World War II. I mean, it's a drama. It's not, there are some true stories involved, but it is not like a, I mean, it's, it's firmly in the genre of, of World War War II story, storytelling. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And it's, and it's Tom Hanks and Steven Spielberg's production companies. Yes. And it is both of them are very much like the TV show version of saving private Ryan. Yes. And, I have not, I don't think I ever got to see all of the Pacific based on when it came out and where it's been streaming, whatever. Um, Band of Brothers is one of the most emotionally devastating and uplifting uplifting things you'll watch. It's incredible. The cast is incredible. Um, But they've recently announced that Apple using the same Playtone and and Amblin, so Spielberg and Hanks again, but reverse their things because I said them in the wrong order that time. Um, are doing a, you know me, they're doing an aviation, like, sibling to these two shows. So it's a World War II aviation show called Masters of the Air. Stars Austin Butler, Callum Turner, um, Barry Keoghan. Yeah. Um, and it comes out in late January. And I mean, it's like they, be it, it's like they made a show specifically <laughs> for you. I know! I am... Oh. You guys, it's I cannot wait for all of it to come out, and it's it's going to be incredible. Um, but I can't. Oof. I got a little. So, so like, look, incredible. I know you can't say a ton about it, but yeah. what's your initial impression? Um. Oh man, it's fantastic. <laughs> so I'll just say it's it's um, and part of it is like I love aviation. That's just from doing what I did before. Sure. Switching into you know journalism um so i love a flying scene and i think it's something about just in general when you talk about uh air warfare in that time period um you know even if you go over to the pacific theater when you're looking at battle of midway type stuff after pearl harbor and the first battles that involved aircraft carriers and two sides fighting that were out of view of each other they were over the horizon um, the fact that there were people that took off of carriers ever, <laughs> that that is a thing that was done. Um, and, you know, you see some of this footage and you're kind of like, uh, footage like movie or show footage, sure. not like actual. Um, but the way that things were done in planes in nineteen late 1930s, early 1940s in this time frame, 
that not only did these guys like fly a mission, which I thought would be like courageous and as all get out, but the fact that when they landed and like recovered and fixed every, like fixed the planes back up, that they went out and did it again is one of the most like courageous things that you can, because that that's what's scary, man. Like the they didn't even have like great plane to plane comms, like. So you're trying to fly formation (laughs) bombing missions in World War II without really even being able to talk to the plane next to you. You're just having to do a lot of it visually, right? Yeah. And if, and if some piece of shrapnel takes out a piece of your plane or the, you know, if you're sitting in the gunner's thing, like you're now at 25,000 feet and it's negative 45 out, (laughs) like you're going to free, you're going to get frostbite. Like it's anyway, the whole thing, I'm very excited for the series to come out. I think it's a, from what I've seen so far, it's the, it, it, has earned its spot in the like next just to stand next to band of brothers, which I think is going to be like the biggest, like what people are going to measure it to because mm-hmm. it was one of the greatest series that have come out. So I'm excited to see the Apple plus, I don't know why they didn't go HBO, but since that's what the other two were, but I'm not mad. Well, I mean, look, Warner brothers is really in a, in a real true interesting situation right yeah. now. We'll say in terms of creating new content and, yeah. and financing it and, and, when you put a show out there, you don't even know if it's necessarily even going to see the light of day. So, I mean, I think that's why yeah. a lot of creators are gravitating to Apple because, I mean, look. Especially the big names. Martin Scorsese is is so annoyed with everything about the way Hollywood is working right now. And yeah. he decided to put his movie out through Apple. So, yeah. they're obviously doing something right and, and yeah. something that people who care about their art are saying, all right, I will trust this with Apple for now. Um, I mean, also, I, I'll last yeah. thing I'll say about it: the jackets are incredible. <laughs> the jacket collection. I saw a tweet a few weeks ago where it's like all all men think about is like the one really good jacket or whatever, and a bunch of my friends were like, you know, tweeting it with the the drive scorpion jacket yeah. and like um, the you know Chris Long at the Eagles um, Super Bowl parade where he had the big like fuzzy furry jacket. Like that's and so. Uh, this this show has the complete like collection of incredible World War II era like military. I want Caroline. If I if I ever if I ever make it up to to DC to that to the Northern Virginia area again, <laughs> I, the one thing one of the things I really want to do on my trip is go to the Air and Space Museum with you just to watch you like <laughs> run around like an excited puppy <laughs> looking like at everything. Child. Look at this! Look at this! That's what everything. I didn't realize how much stuff I watched this weekend that's all plane related. I yeah. need to watch Maverick. I haven't watched Maverick in a while, so it's, it's yeah. All, what's it been? Two weeks? Say, who who knows? It could have changed. <laughs> who knows? Well, I I did. I laughed at um. So this week the to go into sports just a smidge. And our our good friend Glenn Powell was at the Red River Shootout, Texas Oklahoma, and uh, he was talking to Pat McAfee, which whatever on the sidelines or like, whatever, but um something about like basically joked that like oh what a great um documentary that film was huh <laughs> <laughs> like showing his 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 true upbringing as hangman saving the world yeah um, he's like ah yeah what a great documentary 100 percent documentary um but yeah anything with the plane i'm here to give you my feedback we, oh yeah absolutely well we're <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about it when it comes out for sure in january um yeah. all right well some some exciting things for you to go check out and stream right now we'll take a quick break here and when we come back we are going to be talking jordan peele's nope with michael sykes uh we'll be back right after these messages 
Welcome back to the second half of this week's episode for the Water Cooler. Very, very, very excited about having our special guest on here. Uh, and I say special because he is the host of Special Delivery and a multitude of other things. Michael Sykes, hi. Welcome. Welcome to the show. Hi. How are you? I'm good. Thank you all for having me, man. I really appreciate it. Really excited to to jump on here today. I've I've heard so much. I talked to Prince actually last week about his time where he was like, yeah, it was it was nuts. So I was just like, yes, like yes, let's, we're let's weirdos. Do this. Let's do this. We're that weirdos for sure. Way. Well, so <laughs> listen. Usually, usually the guest on the show gets to pick whatever they want to talk about, and so we owe you a visit in the future where you will get to do that. But. We we have kind of a predetermined topic. I wanted I wanted to get into this week, and I <laughs> said I, I want to have somebody on staff yeah. to come in and talk about it. Um, and, and you were the first person we thought of. And so what we're talking about this week is Nope, the Jordan Peele movie. So, firstly, before we get into it, Sykes, had you already seen Nope, or did you watch it for this podcast? Yeah, I, I watched Nope. Um, I want to say it was. It, it wasn't quite a year ago, but it was cold outside. So I know it was like last year. I well, watched that, it with my wife. It was the end of the summer last year, I think is what it yeah, came out. I was yeah. going to say, yeah. for you, though, that could be like June, because we are on the opposite spectrum <laughs> come on, of like come what on. cold let's, let's not do this. Let's not do this. I, will, I, I have a, a whole rant about the seasons that we don't need to do. <laughs> yeah. But, but the, the point is, I've, I've seen it. It's terrifying. I will never forget it. I will never forget it. Yeah. I, I mean, that that's my biggest, I, I, there, there are, I watch a lot of horror movies in general and a lot of them, especially from the last 20 years, a lot of them are very similar. It's, it's the kind of thing where you kind of, if you like it, you will always have a good time watching a horror movie, but most of them kind of blur together. You don't necessarily remember them. They don't stick out, but this one and really all of Jordan Peele's movies, but mm-hmm specifically nope you do not (laughs) you do not forget it because there is it it is so different it's such a unique weird experience that is not like any other movie that i can think of yeah i would i would definitely agree with that and and like the thing about it that was so i guess confounding for me when i was watching it is that like my i'm i'm like a big mcu person and so like immediately when like entering just watching anything. I'm looking for a hero. I'm looking for a villain. I'm looking for, for who's right, who's wrong. And kind of like viewing things from like this black and white lens. And so while, while watching this movie, I'm like, who's the the actual villain here? And it's like, it's not really, I don't feel like it's the, I don't feel like it's Jean Jacket. Like, and, and, yeah. and this is the thing that's kind <laughs> of just like eating everyone. And it's like terrifying, but I'm like, this is just, this is just the, the nature of this beast. Like this is mm-hmm. kind of just how it goes. And it's like, I don't know. It just, it just forced me to like grapple with what it means to be like human, what it means to be here in this time in, in 2023 in particular, uh, where like everything is like the, the spectacle of it all. Right. And, and mm-hmm. like how we are just kind of addicted to, to, to seeing not just like great things, but also train wrecks. You know, it's like yeah. people yeah. people will watch dumpster fires and, and people will try to get you to pay to watch those dumpster fires. And that was kind <laughs> of the thing there. So it was like, I, there, there were just so many things that like Jordan Peele just masterfully just peel back for so, lack of a better term there. Yeah, that's good. I like peel back. So, so I, I mean, 
there's there's a really interesting dynamic here with with our panel of us three that are that are watching this because I've seen it I've seen it twice now once when it came out in the theaters and I watched it again last can week. Imagine what that would be like in the theaters. Oh my god, like, it's incredible! The sound, well, we the saw, sound mixing is incredible. I saw it in IMAX and it, it, oh it my is god, it is amazing. Not. But so Caroline literally just watched it yeah. right before we recorded this. Oh wow! Oh wow! So you? T- oh my god! I've never seen it. Oh my god! This is why Matt likes to make me watch scary things. This is like a new but, thing that we're doing. But what's what's interesting to me about it though is all the stuff that you're talking about, Sykes. This these sort of like themes that the movie is touching on that are not necessarily like that they're definitely not hitting you over the head with like here's what this movie is about. Right. And when I walked out of this movie, it really took me like a few days of thinking about it before some of this stuff made sense to me. Like I, I knew that there had to be a reason why the the Gordy's home stuff was in the movie. Yeah. But it didn't immediately make sense to me why. And I'm really curious from Caroline, who literally is just coming straight out of this. <laughs> like, what were what were your thoughts about that aspect of this movie? That the the stuff with and I, I look, we always talk about movies in a completely spoilerish way. So if you yeah, haven't seen if the you movie, see it, turn off now. I mean, go watch it. But yeah. but that this this sort of backstory that this this sitcom from the 80s had an incident where an animal went crazy and killed a bunch of people and now we are seeing the adult survivor of that incident like what i guess what was your immediate thought as you're watching the movie and how that all related together well when it started and there's a blood-covered chimpanzee, I was like, what is Matt making That's the, literally the beginning of the movie. Literally the very yeah. first thing. Yes. And there's there's something about, and it's so something about me personally, I guess, but when you don't see the extent of, you can guess what has happened in this situation. But there's still the moment where Gordy like taps her foot, like, are you okay? Like, almost seems like he's trying to wake her up when I was like, oh, what happened? And knowing that probably the chimpanzee is the one to blame here. Um, and I think the through line of not only like the memorabilia and the obsession when he says, so Stephen Young is fantastic in this. Oh my God. And so I don't know good. why, maybe it's because literally the walking dead was on for 85 years that he hasn't been able to be in other things, but he's so good. And he was so good in this. And he explains like, what was it? A Danish couple that's paid him like 50 K to spend the night yeah. in his creepy mm-hmm. little boardy room. Yeah. And so and like the- you said, Sykes, that talks to the, obsession to the spectacle this was a horrible situation that clearly at least the two children survived because we see the little girl from the show later mm-hmm. who's then eaten by jean jacket these are all sentences i never would have <laughs> ever would have come out of my mouth um and so you have these two children that survive this horrific experience and one of them grows up to not and it's not the same thing but it's the he memorialized it. He kept all the things. He had the shoe. He had the shoe, how the shoe was sitting. And it's this, like you said, the, the voyeuristic nature, like the human nature of like, 
remembering these things and and he's out there so what i'll probably need help like talking through is like what is his normal show like when when the crowd doesn't get eaten like <laughs> right what was jupiter's claim what was jupiter's question. claim before like, he what found was, i'm fascinated by what the show was going to be like what was going to happen to lucky first of all um so was he buying the horses to like sacrifice to jean oh, yeah. jacket as yeah. a show like yes. that's what was happening right yes. okay yeah. Um, and so, because when there's, I now like on a second watch through, these are things that you're more aware of because when when OJ is talking to him in his office and he's saying, well, you know, I'm thinking like maybe I can plan to buy these back from you at some point, and uh, Jupe is basically like, uh, yeah, okay, yeah, 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 yeah all right, <laughs> sure. Um, and so, yeah, <laughs> I didn't, I definitely did not catch that. Yeah. Um, I think. <laughs> The whole thing was just so fascinating because you also have later the tie-in with Gordy not attacking young Jupe, mm-hmm. right? And what does that say about the relationships between the power dynamics? And that's I mean, maybe I'm overthinking stuff. Maybe this is what people no, wanted. You know what I mean? I like think you're on it. Because he so, sees the kid who's clearly terrified and not – and I think there was also a moment – and I. I assume everything is intentional. I'm hoping I'm not doing that like dorky, like, well, you see how I interpret it. There's a moment when they're showing the scene where he stumbles and he, he kind of is like um, the one that you kind of feel for on the show. Like, and they have him redo the take or whatever, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And so there's something that made it feel to me like, cause even the little girl was kind of, this is not a like, Gordy was <laughs> had his reasons, but she was a little like standoffish <laughs> on the set. What they show you, like she's yep. like doing the the body language wise. If we're talking about nature, the body language that was exhibited in that entire what we see goes directly into how we see OJ decipher and survive, and therefore tell his sister and other people to survive Jean Jacket later. I don't know if any of that made sense, but it was so fascinating to think about and look at in like a through line, big picture stuff. It's so fascinating to hear you work through the scene where um, Gordy is like, where where he sees Jupe under the the table or whatever, mm-hmm. and he they're like, <clears throat> excuse me, they have they 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 aren't like exactly making eye contact because right, like that veil is right there, yes. yeah. but he sees him and he puts his fist out and yes. they do the the fist bump That's thing and everything cool. like that and like immediately on on like like going back and thinking about it after after watching it it was like okay like there's that theme of of eye contact right like yep. if you if you if you see jean jacket like you're gonna die you're you're done you're cooked it's it's over but if you don't look up you know then then it's okay maybe like you you you, yeah. you, you might be you might be fine and, and so like it 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 just reminds me of like that thing where like if you if you don't make eye contact with with something like if you're if you're out in the wild or whatever and like you look something in the eye say it's like a i don't know like a mountain lion or something like that i don't know if a mountain lion will attack you whether you whether you look at it or not but like people always say like oh don't make don't make direct eye contact and that's that's kind of what i took from mm-hmm. from that that scene right there but i had never really thought about like maybe Maybe Gordy was just kind of he was he was done when when he when he saw Jupe and, and it was like Jupe Jupe's my man like I'm not gonna yeah. I'm not gonna hurt this kid right. like I, I I like this one yeah. you know like I it's I hadn't really thought about that yeah, yeah. I think it's it's mostly too like I mean and this is a part of it we haven't really you you talked about it a little bit at the beginning Sykes but this that that he's tying together this idea right of 
an animal and that you kind of have to you kind of have to play on the animal's terms when you're dealing with yes. an animal because yeah. you can you can think that you're smart you can think that you are dominant but ultimately it has its own way of operating and you have to you have to respect it and play by its rules or you're it, it's going it to kill eat you. your face it and, will eat your face and i think what's really what's really cool and interesting that I think this movie is sort of comparing that idea to is the the concept of spectacle, which is brought up several times and Mm -hmm. more so than just the animal and the way the animals are behaving. It's that people see this horrible, terrifying stuff and they think not only do I definitely want to look at it, but like, I want to somehow make it work for me. I want to (laughs) like control it and, profit from it and those are all in every case those are the people that get got in this movie and well it's, it's not like, every case because our girl m because her first in the reaction, end she does right? yes her but first she, reaction yeah. is like we have to film this thing it well, wasn't she, like we got to kill it we got to get it yes. off her property or anything like that she's like we have to find a way to capture this so on i think film not capture the actual thing just i think gotta, what gotta what oj guys. what oj and m end up doing right is that like they do make it work for them but only by fully understanding and respecting the thing's rules the whole time. Like they have to really that they're they're the total opposite of the TMZ guy that shows up and is just like flips his camera. He's like, hey, he's, he's got a mirror uh, helmet be on. More of a target. Yeah, just doesn't know anything about this thing and goes blazing off on his electric motorcycle straight into a thing. What do they, what do they say at one point? They're like, what do you think happens when an electric motorcycle uh, hits, hits an a, electric field going the opposite direction, or counter electric right. field going the opposite direction. Hilarious. And then guy goes, yeah. like, Hilarious. But, but like, you know, and, and Jordan Peele's like, there, if you read around and there's a lot of interviews he's done about it, he's actually really careful to not say too much about what he was going for here. But I totally think you're right. Sykes. Like, I, I think I think the idea of so many people trying to profit off of weird, bad stuff that happened to them is some is is part of what's going on here and what he's trying to make this movie about. And and like I, I, Stephen Yen's best to me, the best moment in this whole movie for him is in that scene where he's in his his little memorabilia room and mm-hmm. he starts describing the SNL version of what happened yes. to him. Like the way his face is, the way he's so excited talking about it, it's such a weird thing to come out of the mouth of a person that like is basically talking about the worst thing that happened mm-hmm. to him in his yes. entire life. And there's there's something really familiar about that. There's something really like Kardashian. Uh, I mean, I'm not to pick on them specifically, right? But like a, a lot of people do this basically. And, and the other thing about that scene is that, like, I, I found it really wild that he was talking about the skit as opposed to, like, what had actually yeah. happened to him. Because those were two distinctly different things. And it, it made me feel like maybe he suppressed the actual thing. Oh, yeah. Way you easier know, to talk about Daryl Hammond yeah, and Chris Kattan right. than having to, especially because we hadn't seen yet what he had seen. Like we hadn't lived through the Gordy experience with him. So yeah, I would probably also talk. About yeah, and, and like I, I feel like to 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 Matt's point, like this is this is something that 
that people do all the time. Like, I, I don't feel like any memory that, that we have is like exactly the way that sure that it ever, ever played out. Like, sure. Like we, we hit most of the details, but, but I feel like even the good ones, I'm probably like, maybe like I get it 80% right. as opposed to a hundred <laughs> or whatever, but like with something like this, I would want to forget that so mm. quickly, especially at his age. Um, and, and to, to have that, the SNL skit kind of, kind of replace that, um, you know, that was, that, that was just so fascinating to me. And, and I, I feel like it, it probably made it a little bit easier for him to, to try and just kind of keep that thing going in, in terms of like, yeah, like this is a, this is an alien that's, that's like eating things or whatever, but like, I can, I can make money off of it because I'm, I'm doing that with, with the Gordy incident. Like I can, yeah. I can, I can yeah. still do that. Like this is how he never, he never actually learned the lesson of like, one, it, it, it's okay for, for me to, to feel terrible about this thing. And, and two, like, I, I probably shouldn't try to, to recreate this at all. Like, this is probably not a great idea and it's not going to go well for anybody. I guess it, I'm curious, like, well, first of all, I, I think we need to talk about how incredible this cast was because this, yes. this was essentially, any t- anywhere from two to five people at once, if that. So, like, I think the most we get is when they have Angel there and the director. Kiki Palmer is underappreciated as a society. Like, she is, she is captivating, like, at every possible second. And the balance between her and Daniel Kaluuya is so incredible because he is the most serious and somehow he's like a mix of not showing anything and yet also being incredibly expressive at the same yeah. time. Does that make sense? <laughs> like when I look at him, he's not like doing anything particularly like showing emoting outwardly, but you know exactly what he's going through. I, he's incredible in this. What's, like, What's really cool about Daniel Kaluuya too is in the two Jordan Peele movies, I think he's very like vulnerable and, uh, he he's he's an easy guy to like and then if you go and see is it widows is that what he was that's is that what i'm thinking of i think that sounds right uh, yeah i, I, I want to say that's correct yeah so he's he's a bad bad dude in widows and he is utterly terrifying in that movie and he's he's also again like the thing he he won an oscar for uh judas and the black messiah again like yes. a very forceful personality in that movie so this dude has a ton of range. Yeah. He's yeah. In, this cast is incredible. Um, and I, well, not enough Keith David, like never enough. Keith David. <laughs> like my, my poor guy was killed by a nickel, like second. I was like, this sucks. Um, but it's just such a wild ride. That's and this is where Jordan Peele is. So now I have not seen us. Is that his third one? Or is, that, is there second just, one. there's yeah, three though, right? One. He's made three. This mm-hmm. is the third. Didn't he okay. also do um Candyman? The Candyman remake? Oh, yes. He's a, he produced it. He produced, oh, he produced it. it. Okay. Okay. He's only directed Get Out, Us, and okay. No. Okay. So I've seen the bookends. I've not seen us yet. Um, it's re- really good, but also I-, I would say scarier than this. Yeah. Sure. So this I don't know if you can handle us. Mm, I don't I, know if I'm doing that one. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. That's kind of why I hadn't. And it took me forever to see get out. Cause I was like, that looks terrifying. And it's, it's incredible. And the way that he 
I can't imagine being as smart as he is like to have these ideas, <laughs> this, because it's also the, the through line of the horses is obviously huge, but the way that he does all of the framing, all the shots, this is a beautifully shot movie. Yeah. I, I texted Matt that the, the final shot of, of OJ on the horse under he's got, and it's so cool because you can't, you know exactly who it is. He's got his orange sweatshirt. He's on the black horse. Lucky. And he's under the like. Yeah, you out don't even yonder. really have to see much of him to know that. That's no, and you know it's yeah. him, and it's the what does it say like out yonder is the yeah is the sign that he's honestly under. that whole last. I, I, I was this was another thing I was thinking Incredible. on the rewatch too. How like th- this is and this is maybe something that that my brain does because I'm a comic book reader, but I'm I it really was, I think hitting me that all the characters have such a very specific, distinct look that like, if you saw them from a hundred yards away, yeah. you would know who it you is. Yeah. Because, and they're, they're almost drawn, like they're, they're almost like sort of dressed in a, in a sort of uniform. Like I think about Kiki Palmer in this movie, especially on the motorcycle uh, at the end, but that she's just kind of got a specific look to her where she's yep. got these like punky t-shirts on and baggy jeans and like, it's a very, it's a very like comic book character look to me uh, yeah. through the whole movie. And obviously Jupe is very recognizable because he's got that ridiculous getup on the whole movie <laughs> with the, the little red, uh, UFO the red jacket. So yeah. did they not, I guess I'm, I, I would love to have a map of like how close everything is because like if I was living <laughs> with horses and there's like a guy, a few within a two hour radius that is apparently has a UFO show. Do you not? Well, they can that? hear it. They can hear it from their house. Yeah, they, they, like they can hear the show. That's what I thought. Right. So I'm kind of like, did you guys not know he like what he like? There's UFOs everywhere on all of his stuff. Um, but yeah, it was that was kind of the um, he was that oh that was so good. And the cloud thing was so creepy. Mm-hmm. Just like the, the, oh my, it was so scary. So when it's like he's like, tell me when you see something, and he's like, that yeah. cloud hasn't moved. And I was like, oh, why? Uh. <laughs> I I do think I think the scariest I got, which is when I sent Matt the all caps, a lot of swear word text messages, was the the three kids in the in the garage. The fake the out, stables. the fake out got you. It got me good, and it was he, when he punched that. <laughs> Because the idea of like it was sure him <laughs> punching a kid's not funny, but the idea of like him punching an alien is 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 inarguably hilarious because it also takes me back to Will Smith punching the alien in Independence Day <laughs> where like the thing opens and it's all like, <laughs> like, like, you know, like great scene. So punching aliens to me is very funny. Like, um, no, so did, did you guys think that the, the, the kid masks were like a direct riff off of the cameras on the, on I, the, so the set of Gordy's? I didn't think about it the first time I saw it, but, but this time when I was watching it, I definitely was, was noticing that and then you see that you see the yeah. alien face. Uh, I think they're also like selling stuff with they're that. They're selling like little aliens at the, mm-hmm. at the at the show. So yeah, I mean that that is, that is an extremely yeah. The imagery, cool the imagery, thing. like the the entire Jupe's entire setup is just like it's it's based off of the the Gordy yeah. stuff. Like yeah, it's yeah. it's really it's really it's really. There weird. probably are even more little references to it that I didn't. There even probably notice. are. Yes. There probably are. I, I, and by the way, well, unfortunately, I live on the opposite end of the country. But for people who are on the West Coast, the entire Jupiter's Claim set 
is still at Universal Studios and you can go there and walk around in it. Dude, that's uh, cool. Yes. Oh, that's very cool. And they appear, one. <laughs> every once in a while they they do a thing where like the the uh sound no. turns off and they no. and they start blowing air around. See, and that was the thing too. I found myself and I have never related more to a character in a horror movie than when Jor- when Jor- when Daniel actually goes, OJ's like, nope. And, and walks it away. <laughs> and I was like, I get, yes, I get it. I literally said in, the same I, thing. Well, he, he says it in the car too, when yeah. it's directly above him. Nope. And he, he like, he opens the car door a little bit and looks out. <laughs> yeah. He, yeah. And he just closes the door again. <laughs> I respected the hell out of that. And I will say, and I should have looked up the actual name of the song, but Matt and I were also texting about this because it's fascinating to me. And I think um, part of it is, well, I don't think anything's like ripping something off, but with, Doja Cat has the song Paint the Town Red, which samples one of the songs that um, he puts on on the um, Walk on record by. player. And the, like, Paint the Town Red, obviously the imagery of the house getting, yeah. like, blood rained on it. <laughs> let's like, let's talk about, let, but I don't want this to end without talking about this one thing, okay? Because <laughs> the, the scene where you see inside of Jean Jacket, okay? Yo. The, I have Dude. to get this. I have to get this out of my brain because the first time I saw it, <laughs> like I watch a lot of gory, nasty, like scary stuff. But what that scene when I was in the movie theater, like my face was hot the first time I was watching it because I it, it bothered me so deeply in in somewhere in my brain. Something in me did not want to be looking at that. <laughs> That's very rare for me. I mean, am I am I like dealing with some inner issue, or does it bother y'all as much as it did me? I'm I'm very clearly bothered right now. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I'm just just thinking about it. It was it was because the thing is like when you first see it, like there's like the 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 green box image, and, and we we kind of don't really know what we're looking at. Mm-hmm initially and then like later on we find out that nah this is this you 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 inside a jean jacket big dog like it's over <laughs> like you 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 getting you getting eight and then also the fact that like when when jean jacket eats you you don't die immediately you just kind of like hang get, out yeah you just hanging there and and getting digested and it's like yo like i'm gonna spit you back out in a minute Right, like, I'm and just then gonna, he just, just like, spits out the remnants. Out. He's like, "Oh, you so, had a quarter in your pocket? That's gone now. I don't want so that." So there, I also watching it with closed captions on added something to me because <laughs> oh my God. if the closed captions describe <laughs> that there's people screaming whenever he's over you, which is not it's immediately terrifying. clear when you're watching it the first time, you think that's just the noise this thing makes. But now, when you watch it with closed captions on, it says people screaming, and then. Another thing I didn't notice the first time is that there is a moment where it like it like scrunches and this there's no noise anymore. So it does something at some point where it like squeezes and then all the people who are in there are toast. I didn't even that realize that. Oh, so, dude. It was oh, such an interesting twist. A bad so way many, to go. It's a terrible way to go. There's so many interesting twists in this movie. It was very, and I say weird in like a complimentary, most complimentary way. Like it was a bizarre, like I did not know what was ha- going to happen next at any time, but I felt like I understood what was happening throughout, which is, I think, such a very difficult thing to do for a movie maker where you're like, not only you're not confused, but you don't know what's going to happen next. Um, and it was just like, 
that making it making jean jacket which again brilliant that you take this terrifying thing and you're just like in this reference or jean jacket um and that everyone rolls with it they're like all right cool he's jean jacket, it's now. Jean jacket um, yeah <laughs> making it the like making it the animal not mm-hmm. a, a ufo not a spacecraft because that's originally like you think like okay someone's getting like you know brought up to the spaceship to whatever tiny little things are running around your stable um and to to shift gears from that the also the the brilliance of a plant i love a plan coming together with all the little like wacky wavy inflatable arm men throughout and that's brilliant <laughs> that's absolutely so good. brilliant because that's you can awesome, see yeah. You can map where it's going based on which one shut off. Oh, so smart. And the visuals of it, again, stunning. Because it's just like those, it must have been such a wild thing to shoot. Like, you know what I mean? Like you're out there in this like cool desert setting and you've got, okay, now shut that one off, shut these off. And it's like these little wacky, wavy, inflatable car dealership guys just like slowly going down. And the, the terror of being attempted to be eaten, if you're Angel, <laughs> as you're staring at the face of a like uninflated wacky wavy arm guy like it just that that again all of the things next to each other they did such an incredible job yeah. of and i would have been furious like it would have been on if you messed up the record collection that's what i think Kiki Palmer was like <laughs> all right it's like, personal now um, enough of you yeah this is it and, oh, man, i just love it because then he puts all of it together with the like with the streamer and he's like it's not gonna mess with anything like that again soon so as she's on the motorcycle like oh i love yeah it. they have they have so such cool. a good they have such a good plan at the end and they so cool and they trust each other and, and it worked they have if that, the guy hadn't run up the hill to get a better shot yeah. and they have that little moment where he's where he's pointing he's he's sort of like telling her to look yes. look him in the eyes oh, um so you know, which I, I, I just even even without all this this sort of highfalutin stuff we're talking about, right? Of all the like social themes going on, yeah. it just works like on a base level as a movie. Yeah, that is incredible to look at, and it has really cool characters that you that you like and are rooting for to pull something off. And the stakes are super high because you know if they do anything wrong, they're going to die. Um, I mean, it's just it's just also just uh, on top of everything else we're talking about. It just is an incredible experience that you lose yourself in when you're watching it. Sykes, do you think there is a villain? You you mentioned that at the very beginning, and I've been thinking about it since you said it. Well, I I kind of lean toward Duke, honestly, because I feel like he's really the only one who is like trying to put people or not necessarily like trying to put people in harm's way, but it's like knowingly putting people in harm's way. Yeah. He was trying to make money. The the TMZ guy I think is a good, uh, (laughs) is a good like symbol of, I think maybe what the, the problem is in the movie, right? That it's like, it's it's too many. Yeah. It's too many people. It's too many people not respecting the power of stuff they're messing with. Yeah, yeah, and that's where I was like, yeah, he definitely is, but he's not enough of a risk to be an actual villain. You know what I mean? Because they're like, right. look, but we're trying to we're trying to help you out here. Like, you have no idea what you're getting yourself. Doesn't he say to him at some point? He's like, I tried, man. Yeah, and then he just goes, he just leaves. <laughs> just like, yeah. I did my best, so you know. But yeah, I I agree with you, Sykes. I think it's the the idea that's like the human. I mean, I don't even and 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 like getting back to Jupe, it's like. I kind of feel bad for him because he goes through the traumatic experience of, of the, the, the Gordy's thing. And, and like, it, it basically shapes his entire existence. So like, 
how much do I blame him for that? Like, I don't, I don't, I don't, I really don't know. Um, and, and so like, I, I, I just kind of land on the villain just being human nature and, and just like everybody being addicted to trying to become famous and, and make money. Like that's, that was kind of the thing. And, and like Jordan Peele, like, hasn't, like he, he hasn't overtly said that that was the theme of the movie. Obviously he specifically wants people to like craft their own theories and, and stuff about it. But like, I just, I just can't help, but, but go back toward that. When I, when I think about this, this movie and the, the experience that I had um, watching it, like it was, it was, it was very terrifying, but it, it wasn't even just because like I was watching people getting eaten by a space jellyfish. It was just like, <laughs> I feel like this is kind of what, what people would do in this situation. Like, I, I think this is like, it, it's kind of realistic, yeah, you know? Yeah. And, and that's the, that's the scary part about it. I, it's, it's, uh, it's baby Gronk could be one of Jupe's kids for sure. <laughs> Not to bring that back up. <laughs> well, it's, I think it wasn't, there was one guy in the stands as he's like about to get pulled in by a jean jacket that still has his phone out recording, and that's like the easiest like thing to pinpoint. That was that that's that's that was a, not to bring it up again. That was another thing I noticed this time is that that shot of Jupe when it's happening where he's looking up and yeah. dust is swirling around him. You can see shadows of the people in the crowd being pulled up, which I did not notice oh, before. Sick. Yeah, wow. wow, man. Yeah. All right, such a good movie, and and I'm and as Caroline pointed out, this is a you go into this movie thinking it's a it's a UFO movie, and it turns out it's actually about a big giant monster. And so our trivia segment today is going to be about large monsters in the history of movies. So. Oh, God. We've got a quick jingle uh, to start off our 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 large. This is what trivia. I've been waiting for. <laughs> this is why he's here. Ahead, this Chandler. is what I've been waiting for. <laughs> Chandler, hit us. <laughs> It's a big monster, big sharp teeth. It's a big monster, it came from beneath. It's a big monster, we gotta leave before it E-A-T-S-Y-O-U-N-M-E. It's a big monster, big sharp teeth, yeah. Big monster, it came from beneath. I said a big monster, we gotta leave before it E-A-T-S-Y-O-U-N-M-E. Some very skillful spelling right there. I know. I would not have been able to do that. Did a lot of letter counting uh, <laughs> before this when I was writing this one. Okay, so all of our questions today are about big monsters from movies. Sykes, you're going to start first. In the original Jurassic Park, which species of dinosaur kills the most human characters? Oh, the original. So like the the first movie the first jurassic park oh god um i feel like it's got to be the raptors it is, is it the, the velociraptors yeah. okay. that is yeah. correct it's one point okay. it's the raptors yeah it's That's... it's the raptors like the t-rex is like the mascot but i feel like the raptors were just like i think the t-rex only gets the guy on the toilet I think that's yeah. the only human it kills. Yeah. yeah, that's the only one I remember. And now the the sequels, the T Rex eats a lot more people, but the first oh, yeah. one, it's all about the raptors. So, mm-hmm. 
Damn it. Sykes gets the point to start oh, us off. Starting the hole. Oh. Caroline. <clears throat> the 2008 monster movie Cloverfield spawned two sequels. Name either of them. Um, 10 Cloverfield Lane. Yes. Very yes. nice. Wow. I would not have gotten that. <laughs> I would not have gotten that. I pulled out from the middle of it. Was Cloverfield Lane the other one? No, the other one is called the Cloverfield Paradox. Ah, it, that's I, right. It, oh. it sucks, unfortunately. But I think... Um, 10, Clo- I think 10 Cloverfield to... Lane is good. Every, I highly recommend that one. I think I have to credit those lists of the best streaming movies, because I think that was... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Go see 10 Cloverfield Lane. That's really good. It's, it's, uh, it's an insane movie that has... A twist that you absolutely will not know is coming. Um, All right. I like twists. Go check it out. Uh, Sykes, in the extremely stupid 90s horror franchise, Tremors, what are the monsters called? Oh, God, I've never seen this. Never seen Tremors? I've, I've oh, never man. Seen this. Tremors I'm, I'm one through six. There are six of these? <laughs> <laughs> but Reba was Kevin Mac- Bacon in all of them? Kevin Bacon and Reba McIntyre are only in the first one. I've yeah, seen. that makes sense. <laughs> oh man, I don't, I don't know, I don't know this one. They're, they're called, like- they're called Graboids. Yeah, no, that's a tough one. That's, that's a tough real one. tough. That's brutal to not right. know that. Yeah, I mean that. That's shout out to kids who grew up watching the Sci-Fi Channel. I was gonna say, I'm pretty sure the younger <laughs> five, like Tremors two through five or two through six, are all like Sci-Fi originals. Oh yeah, <laughs> I, I would not surprise me. All right, Caroline, in the 1984 film Ghostbusters, oh, no. a giant monster is sent by an ancient god to destroy New York in the form of a fictional corporate mascot. Name the mascot. It's the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man. That is correct. <laughs> I've seen the movie like once, and it was like when I was ten. That was I just know the. But you always <laughs> remember the marshmallow man. I do, yeah. Because always... she got the brand though. I got to give her that. That's good. Was um because Slimer is that the one that like is the green? What's his name? Slimer's the green guy, the green guy that uh, that was in like every. There's no like explanation for what he is. That multiple toys just, at fast food restaurants, I think, involve Slimer. At there some was point. a there was a Kool Aid flavor of yes, Slimer. That's there what was, it was. Or, or uh, it, yeah, I think it was Kool Aid. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah. Or high I did not, C, something I did like not that. enjoy it. I did not enjoy it. <laughs> it, was bad. it was a bad time for me. Bad time for, uh, what was I? I think I was like four. <laughs> yeah. He's like, what is this, mom? Yeah. What is this trash? Yeah. It's out of here. Those slimer was everywhere, man. Yeah. All right. Sykes, your last question in the 1990. 1990- no, sorry. <clears throat> Starting over. In this 1999 film, a giant crocodile terrorizes a peaceful lakeside community in Maine. Name the movie. Oh, God. What is this movie? Oh, why? I, I'm seeing the crocodile. <laughs> and I just don't know the name of this movie. <laughs> I feel bad. I gave some tough ones to say. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I was terrified of this. I was so scared of this because, like, so so my cousins in in '99, I was like, how old was I? I? I was like eight, and so my cousins would like like they would make me watch the scary stuff, and so so like I'm I just just I I don't know I don't know I I I know I know the movie I don't yeah, know you're, you're gonna, gonna know as soon as I say it. This, it's yeah. Lake Lake Placid is what it's called. <laughs> most famous, most famous for Betty White in the trailer saying, "I'm rooting for the crocodile." 
Well, she also like feeds it like cows. <laughs> this movie, this movie is ridiculous. You've seen Lake Placid, Caroline. Yes, yes. How did this get made? Episode of Lake Placid is fantastic. Well, because uh, Brendan Gleeson <clears throat> is also in it. Yes, I, Academy Award nominee Brendan. Yeah, Gleeson. and so is um, Bill <laughs> Pullman. Bill Pullman is in it. And I forget the woman's name, but they, um, uh, she, uh, Fonda, is that Bridget Fonda? Uh, I don't, I think so. Mariska Har- Hargitay is also in it. Um, Related to her, by the way. Wow. From oh, my wow. side of the family. Well, yeah. Caroline, it's good yeah. news for you that you know about Lake Placid because your question <laughs> is related to Lake Placid. Oh, no. <laughs> in 2015, the giant crocodile from Lake Placid faced off against another famous giant monster from a movie. Name Anaconda. It's the Anaconda. <laughs> Anaconda. I didn't even know this movie existed until. Oh I was yeah, but they also call together. it. Isn't the name of it Lake Placid versus, versus Anaconda, Anaconda? Which makes no sense because it should be crocodile it versus Anaconda. That, it suggests just... the crocodile's name is Lake Placid. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Sykes. So you are a disadvantage there because I am obsessed. Like I don't I, like horror movies, but I am obsessed with really bad like the, creature the movies. Like I, Anaconda is one of my favorite movies. Of all. Listen, I put I owe I owe Sykes an easy one next time he comes on. <laughs> Because I feel bad that I feel bad about the Tremors question. That, that, that Tremors is, question was yeah, that's no, a, that that's one, a, there was no way. There that's was an no older way. millennial thing, and I and I gave it to a younger guy, and I feel bad about it. So there was no way I was getting that one. I was hoping for a Sharknado question. I'm not gonna lie to you, but I, I don't feel like I don't feel like Sharknado is a giant monster. It's not giant. It, uh, yeah. Now there are a lot of great giant shark movies that are. Really fun. What's uh, I need to see the Meg too. The, the Meg one, too. the one that I remember, the one that I think of the most is one that I watched uh, on a snow day here in Alabama back uh, when I was a kid, and it is uh, the movie where they're doing experiments on sharks to give them giant oh. brains. Yeah, Deep Blue Sea. Deep yeah. Blue Sea. Yeah, Deep Blue Again, that's the one where I love those where movies. famously Samuel L. Jackson is giving a uh, very heartwarming, inspirational speech, and then the shark eats him <laughs> in, shark in the middle of it. it. Yeah. yeah. Thomas really Jane. Stupid. Thomas Jane's in that. And that has uh St- Stellan Skarsgård. Um as one of my again, how this get made episode is outstanding. Is that the one with LL Cool J in yeah. it also? It is. And he's yes. the yeah. he's the like preacher. He's a preacher. Chef. Yeah. He yeah. has a whole song for the movie. <laughs> um I loved it. Deepest bluest, deep blue sea. My hat my head is like a shark fin. Um, ultimately that's really what I'm going for is I want all of my <laughs> jingles for these segments to feel like they're closing credits songs <laughs> that LL Cool J or Will Smith would have done yeah. for a movie. <laughs> well, Sykes, Sykes, thank you for, thank you for coming on to talk about Nope with us. I was, I, I, I love talking about this movie. I cannot get these ideas out of my head. So I'm glad somebody else thinks about it and likes to talk about it. And uh, we're going to have you on again sometime soon to to pick whatever you want to talk about with us. I cannot wait. And I'm sorry that I had to think about this movie today, but I did thoroughly enjoy it. <laughs> I will, I will That's I all will we can say. ask. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes if something, if, if you don't, if, if there's, if there's this sense, you don't want to think about it. I feel like we got to scratch that itch. I think that's what horror, <laughs> that's what horror movies are for. Yeah. Yeah, Jordan Peele, Jordan Peele should make a movie about that. That's what he should do. <laughs> about scratching turn, something. Turn this into horror, yeah. Right. <laughs> yes. All right, well, thanks, everybody, for joining us again for, uh, for The Water Cooler, and we will be back next week with another episode.
just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.